0: Hey Journey, Ben here again. It's a windy day on campus, but that's okay. I'm looking good, you're looking good. And we're here for round two of the interviews with some students at Montana State. We want to see what they have to say about why church. Let's go. Give me your full name. What's your social security number? That's a joke. Uh, Good to meet you. I'm Ben. We have two questions for you. Uh, What do you think the church is known for? families to go and kind of form bonds with other people that believe in the same things that they believe in, I guess. If you were invited uh, to go to church, would you go? Why or why not? Yes, I would go. I go to church with my family. I go to church very infrequently, uh, and it's often when I'm invited. I was invited uh, by a friend to go to the Easter service last spring, and it was great. It was a lot of fun, and he's invited me to go back a couple times. Uh, What's your favorite band? Okay, man, i ACDC. Okay, but why are you wearing a pink Floyd shirt then? I go with my mom, but I'm not the, I'm still searching for my own religion, so. I guess I would just encourage people to, to try it out. And yeah, maybe you had a negative experience at one place, but that's not um, indicative of every Christian, every type of church. Like even sometimes, uh, somebody that comes on campus and is preaching and yelling at other kids, it's like that's not gonna make them wanna come to church, so. This just in, yelling at people, not a good way to get them to come to church. Well, I grew up and I wasn't really religious, and I'm not Christian either, so I really don't know a ton about it, but I guess there's a lot of stereotypes that like, sometimes it can be really strict. And I went just to experience what it's like, because I grew up Jewish and that's all I've like experienced, so going and seeing what other religions are like and what church is actually like intrigued me, so I went for that. Uh, I used to be an avid uh, churchgoer myself, uh, but I no longer believe in that stuff, But If someone were to invite me to a church function, uh, I might accept. And even as an atheist, I still believe that the church has a good place in society. And I think that they have a role that that fills a lot of needs for people. What are the most important things for you to know before you go to a church? Whether or not uh, they feel happy when they're there. I need to know that they are based in scripture and they are focused on pouring into people and not a place or things. Well, good morning, Journey. How we doing? you good. It is baptism Sunday. Like I, I got 15 minutes and I'm out because they're gonna preach. Okay, um, it, this is my favorite, absolute favorite day of the year and 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 I just I'm ready to celebrate with these guys like I'm a Broncos fan so I haven't had much to celebrate about and so I'm gonna wave towels and clap and cheer because I've got a lot of pent up emotion going on uh, in this season why church it's a great question that we've been asking throughout this series we've been spending nine weeks asking the question why why church why, why, why do we do this? Why do we participate in this thing called church? And as God would see fit, um, as we began to plan this nine-week series, it really seemed to connect uh, that our final week would be Baptism Sunday, a Sunday for us to really put an exclamation point on the question of why church, to answer the question why church once and for all Um, And to talk about why church out. So today we want to talk about why would we go out. I'm going to be in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, 19, and 20, if you want to follow along. Jesus came and he told his disciples. A little bit of background. Hold on. Come back with me. Okay. So Jesus has died and then come back to life three days later. If if someone dies and they come back three days later to life, I'm going with whatever that person says. I'm just saying, okay. All right. So he's with his disciples. He says this. I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Spirit, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus, thank you for this question that's been driving us, why church? Thank you that we've been able to engage with this question. And God, as we we celebrate with these folks this morning, Would you allow the gospel to be in full view? We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. In 1962, JFK, President Kennedy, famously said, we choose, somebody help me, to go to the moon. There you go. We choose to go to the moon. One of his famous speeches, he said, hey, we have a mission. And that mission is to get To the moon. And so, NASA and the government began working and working and working to get a man on the moon. They had a mission. And church, we have a mission. And our mission is, it's simple. Simple to understand. But it's hard to execute on. It's difficult to execute on. It's simple and we're going to walk through it this morning, uh, but what you're going to find as you go through life is that you, it's, it's actually quite difficult. And the mission is this. It's to go and make disciples. Go and make disciples. See, we gathered here this morning together... We are gathering here, we're gathering virtually online, we're gathering in various places as the church, but it's not good enough for us to stay here. It's not good enough for us to stay in this safe, little, what some would call holy huddle, right? What we're called to, what our mission is, is to go, not to stay. See, the disciples, they had a hard time with this too. We find them in the book of Acts, and they're up there staring at the sky. So Jesus gives this talk, and then he rises up into the air and goes to heaven. By the way, if you die, rise again, and then you Superman away. I'm with you, okay? Okay, so he goes to heaven, and they're staring at the sky going, what are we going to do now? Until someone shows up and says, hey, you need to go out into all the earth. Isn't that what he told you to do? You're to go out into the broken world. And when you go out into that broken world, you are to make disciples. If you're asking the question this morning, am I a disciple of Jesus? That's a great question. And one of the answers to that would be this. Are you making disciples? Disciples make disciples. It's something that Jesus just assumes about disciples. He says, disciples, that's what they do. They make other disciples. By definition, that's who they are. And so if you're saying, am I a disciple of Jesus? The mission is go and make disciples. That's the what? That's the mission. You might ask the question this. Well, how do I do that? Pastor Brian said, great question. How do we go make disciples, baptizing them and teaching them everything we have obeyed? And the rhythm that we've been teaching you is the discipleship rhythm here at Journey Church of up and in and out, right? Up and in and out. So we would say, if you want to follow after Jesus, if you want to help make disciples, what you need to do is help other people uh, know the rhythm of up, in, and out. You need to help other people to know that they can hear from God and that they can respond to God up. You need to help people understand that life isn't done well enough in rows that you need a circle. And so you would push them and say, hey, you need to be connected with the family of God. You can't just sit in rows all the time. You've got to come together in circles. You've got to be connected in spiritual families and love one another. And then finally, the last rhythm is out. That we, that we praise God, that we worship God, that we hear from God, that we connect with each other. But then we go out into the world. This is next level stuff, honestly. Like if you're not a follower of Jesus, you just hang. It's awesome. I'm so glad you're here. I think Jesus is going to get you. Just fair warning, he's coming for you. He's going to get you. Okay? So... So, but for those of you who would say, I want to live like a disciple of Jesus and I want to help make disciples. I want to be a disciple who makes disciples. I want you to lean into this idea, this rhythm of up and in and out. Ask yourself as we end this series, don't don't let it end in this series. Am I hearing and responding to God? Am I connected in a family of faith? And am I living outward focused to the broken world outside of me? That's part of how you do it. And then the second part of how you do this is by simply answering the question how do i live this out you live it full of grace and truth you live it full of grace and truth so jesus says hey here's what you do you baptize them that's what we're gonna do right baptize oh that's nice that's warm i might get in there okay um have a little hot tub party afterwards okay um We're gonna baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. They're gonna die to themselves and rise a new creation. And then what does Jesus say? He says, teach them to obey all the commandments that I have given to you. And in essence, what he's saying is live a life of grace and truth. In John 1, one of my favorite, well, that's my favorite of the gospels. I know you're not supposed to have favorites, but John's my favorite, Okay. So John 1, he, he, says it, he says it like this in, in, the, in the NLT. He says, um, so the word, that's Jesus, became human or flesh and made his home among us. Another translation, Eugene Peterson is, he moved into the neighborhood. I like that, okay? He was full of, depending on your translation, it might say grace and truth. Or in this translation, it says unfailing love and faithfulness. You live this out By living in great tension. This is what Jesus always did. He said, listen, I don't want you to pick one way or the other way. I want you to live in tension because I come full of grace and truth. I come full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And I want you to live full of unfailing love and faithfulness. By the way, it doesn't say in the translation, if you're looking at the Greek, it doesn't say like 50-50. It says all. So all grace and all truth, and Jesus lived this out in all of his interactions. This woman's brought to him in adultery, and, and the religious leaders, they say, hey, Jesus, the law says we get to stone her to death. And Jesus says, hey, okay, that, that's awesome. Uh, whoever has no sin, throw the first stone. One by one, the rocks, they just fall to the ground, and, and all these judgmental religious leaders walk away, and, and suddenly it's just Jesus and the woman and Jesus looks up at the woman and says, where have your accusers gone? And she says, they've just gone away. And he says this, then neither do I condemn you. Grace, full of grace. Neither do I condemn you because Jesus could have thrown the rock. He's sinless. So I give you forgiveness. Neither do I condemn you. And then what does he say? Somebody help me. Go and what? That's right, my Bible people. Go and sin no more. What? But you mean it's just not like freebie grace and, and then nothing else? No, Jesus would say it's freebie grace, unfailing love, right? And faithfulness, right? It's not like, oh, I get grace so I can just sin it up. The more sin, the more grace. The more sin, the more grace. No, Jesus would say grace and truth. How we live that out is by living in grace and truth. Some of you grew up in grace churches that all you talked about is love. And that's awesome. But it was just like, love, 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 love. You never even heard the word sin. You were like, sin, what's that? That sounds awful. Let's not talk about that, right? I mean, it's easy to be a grace-only church. It's easy to be a grace-only person. It's also, some of you have been in this church. I think some of you uh, who've got some baggage up in here, and I got some too, so we can just put them in a pile. Okay, so you were in a truth church where you didn't hear the word grace. What you heard was judgmentalism. You heard that you were bad, that you were a sinner, and and they literally tried to scare the hell out of you. That's what they did. They're like, if I can get the hell out of him, maybe he'll get to heaven. And it was a truth, truth, truth church. I'll be honest with you. I grew up in a tradition um, where some of the churches in my tradition would make certain people with certain public sins stand in front of the congregation on Sunday and admit to those sins right all truth no grace but jesus he comes full of grace and truth full of faithful love and full of uh, uh, faithfulness and full of unfailing love he teaches us to be fruitful he he says there's a better way be be fruitful Because fruitful fruitful people, they, they know that God has to trim them and prune them and also has to love them and nurture them and hold them and talk to them and take care of them, that we're called to be fruitful people, a fruitful church. And so that's what this morning is all about. It's all about answering once and for all the question, why church? And here's the the big idea. Why church is about transformation. It's when we live lives full of grace and truth. When we live lives on mission to share the good news of Jesus. To baptize disciples and teach them everything that he commanded of us. We will see transformation. Transformation. We will see lives transformed. We will see communities transformed. We will see uh, our state transformed. Even maybe our government transformed. Can I get an amen, okay? Right? We will see the world transformed by the power of Jesus. That's why church, this is what Jesus came for. He didn't come to make you a better person surprise he didn't like he didn't come to just make you more moral he didn't he didn't he didn't come for that he came to change everything for you he came to transform your whole life your actions your thoughts your intentions everything he came for it all And he came so hard for it all that he put himself, he said, I will go to that cross on their behalf that they may have grace and they may have truth and they may have life. And that's what baptism is all about. So here's what we're gonna do with the remainder of time together. I'm talking through the details. Okay, so we're gonna watch testimony videos. These folks are gonna share part of their story with you, and you're going to watch him, and you're going to be like me, like I was last night, I was watching them, just like a puddle in the corner, and, and you're going to see God moving in a tangible way, you're going to see transformation in their life, and then, and then the worship team is going to lead us in a song as those people come in and get baptized, we're going to do two, two chunks of it, okay, so don't go early, all right, so, so we've got the biggest baptism service we've ever had in this building, come on now, okay, that's awesome, and so... So yes, so we're going to have uh, five or six videos, then we'll baptize five or six people. And listen, I expect, I have high, I have high expectations of you, okay? I, I mean, I want to hear cheering and clapping, and I want you to just worship like nobody's around you, and I want you to celebrate with these people like you are at the Super Bowl and your team has won, Okay. Because this is what it's all about. You're going to hear about young lives who want to look different than the world. The bravest of brave kids I think these are. They are standing up to say, I want to live for Jesus. You'll hear him say things like, he makes life better. I am happier. He brings me joy. I pray To him. I want to live for him. You're going to hear stories about coming out of incredibly difficult life circumstances and the chance to start new and fresh with Jesus. You're going to hear about people finding God in the hardest moments of life. You're going to hear about how God has somehow always been there, chasing each of these people around, giving them. Grace and truth, you're going to see lives transformed as they go into the water. They die to themselves. And as they rise up, they rise, a new creation transformed. And this isn't just for an audience. This is for participation. Because you have your next step written on the bottom of your paper. And and as we engage with this time of worship and celebration, I want you to consider maybe a couple of things. One, if you've been baptized, I hope that you can go back even in your head to that mile marker and you can you can recommit yourself to that and you can say Jesus, what's next for me? What do you still need to transform? And for those of you who have never been baptized, man, I just hope that this stirs something in your heart. We're going to do another one soon. I just feel it. We're going to have to do another one soon because Jesus is on the move. Heavenly Father, thank you that you call us from death to life, from blindness to sight, from laying on the ground like the guy that Bob preached on last week to dancing and walking and singing about you and thank you Jesus for these lives these lives that testify to you that say yes Jesus you are my Lord and my Savior I want to give myself to you that you may transform my life Jesus, we celebrate with them. We celebrate with you. And we cheer along with all the angels. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. We hope this time has allowed you to dig out more of who God has made you to be. If you made some kind of spiritual decision today and are interested in what's next, we'd love to connect with you. For more information or to get in touch, please visit journeyweb.net. If you're interested in supporting our ministry, you can give online at journeyweb.net slash give. Thanks.